Welcome back to Vagina Slims. I am your host, Lauren Rose, and I hope that you are doing well today or tonight, whenever you're listening to this. It's about 9.18 p.m., and I just got this wave of inspiration to play some really cool kind of daydreamy music. Um, That's actually the the title of the first track I'm actually going to play. Um... But yeah, I thought that we should start doing themed podcasts from now on. Um, and I just want to say thank you for the support on um, my most recent one that I posted, because I know they were kind of infrequent for a while. So hopefully I can start getting these up about like every week or so. And my next one will have my friend Lucy in it as well. So that's something to look forward to. Um, but yeah, this one isn't about rock and roll. <laughs> um it's hardly even about summer. It's just about being calm and still and dreaming of whatever you, um, whatever comes to you when you listen to this music. So I'm going to stop talking and get right into the tunes. Um, this first track is by a band called White Poppy. Um, I think they're from Canada. I will check which part. Um, small band and This is a track from them called Daydreaming.
is White Poppy with Daydreaming. And I did a little bit of internet stalking, and it turns out um, White Poppy, I believe, is one person, one girl, um, Crystal Dorval, I believe. And I just went to the Facebook page, and they're, she's doing um, a West Coast tour right now. Some stuff in Vancouver, which I think she's originally from, or based. Um, stuff in Seattle, Portland, Oakland, California, and LA. So if you're in the area and you like her stuff, check it out. Okay, um, I'm going to get into some questions. As always, if you ever want to ask something to be on the podcast, you can um, go to my Tumblr, which is don'tfindmeontheinternet.tumblr.com, and just go to my ask box, and I'll leave the link down below too, but um, yeah, I just answer whatever. There's no rhyme or reason. Um, <laughs> Anonymous said, what do you think um, about Palo Alto? Palo Alto was a film directed by Gia Coppola. I think it came out last year, based off of um, these short stories by James Franco, so it was kind of a collaboration, and it stars Jack Kilmer, who's Val Kilmer's son, (laughs) and he's quite, like, the hot internet boy right now, Um, and who else? Emma Roberts, and then Nat Wolf from um, the best TV show on Earth, The Naked Brothers Band. (laughs) Um... I, I wrote about Palo Alto on my blog, so I will leave it down below. Um, I also got a question from a person called Film Hayes on Tumblr asking about my blog and if I'm still writing on it. And I haven't... Um, what I want to do is basically take my writing off of Blogspot and put it onto like a website. So I'm just in the middle of like trying to figure out how I'm going to do that. Um, but I still write on the side, so there will be more writing and stuff. I had a blog, by the way, if you're new to this... Um, where I wrote basically film reviews and also just thoughts about life with my own photography. So back to Palo Alto. Um, I'll leave the link down below to my review if you want to get really into it. But um, overall, I really liked it because I just felt super invested right from the beginning because I was there like the minute I heard that they were doing it. I'm like, yes, like I know Gia's going for Sophia's like virgin suicides vibe and not like the bling ring vibe you know and um i was interested to see that there's so many young people playing young people <laughs> for once um because you know i reference days and confuse all the time but like those actors playing those teenagers i mean they were like in their 20s for sure um or older probably not too old uh palo alto a couple notes I mean, I think a lot of people kind of get irritated by the film now. They think it's kind of naive. Um, And it is, like, quite a secluded paradigm of, I don't know, teenagers. Like, they're a bunch of white teens living in a suburb, like, I don't know. And they listen to Mac DeMarco all the time. And, you know, like, they're people, like, a lot of teens right now. Um, But just because you don't like those kind of kids they're spoiled or whatever like it is like a moment in time and that's who they are and what I really liked about the way that Gia represented them was that she kind of brought like a universal touch to the way that um 
teenagers especially communicate and how, actually kind of how they <laughs> don't communicate um you know the pain that they go through and how they're so frustrated and they don't know how to you know say what they want to say or do what they want to do and they just kind of end up being bored and you're not getting what they want or deserve a lot of the time um like one example when April is sitting on the couch and she sees her love interest Teddy who like they've had a back and forth thing like you know that they're meant to be together and he goes upstairs drunk with another girl also drunk um and you just see her face fall and you're like fuck like no like I just totally relate to that so many times growing up um and then the other thing I wanted to say before we get back into the music was I really appreciated, first of all, Autumn Durald, who did the cinematography. If you're into film and you don't follow her, like you should be because she's really going places. Um, I think she's working on HBO stuff right now. Something with Lena Dunham. Um, but I thought the cinematography was really great. But um, more importantly, the relationship between April and James Franco, the soccer coach, was really dark and I feel like a lot of people kind of graze over that um you know it isn't romanticized in the film like their relationship in fact it's pretty creepy and they don't try to um put any heavy opinions on the on the matter but it just kind of puts things into perspective because when you're young you kind of brush up against really dangerous situations when you don't even really know that it's happening and um that was probably what struck me the most because April, you know, she's going to grow up and think back to, I don't know, her first time and realize that she was being basically, like, targeted by some dude who was really messed up. And that's going to be really shitty. And in the moment, it just seems like drama, you know? Like, oh, like, he's with another girl, blah, blah, blah. And it's funny because a while ago, I think I was reading or watching an interview by James Franco on his book, but... Um, that character is based off of a real girl from his high school who, <clears throat> like, had relations with the teacher or some coach or something, and she realized that she hadn't been the only girl, and he had been doing it to a lot of girls at the school, and she finally, like, went back and told the police about it, and they arrested him, um, and he used some really shady stuff, and it was just a big deal, so, yeah, I like Palo Alto a lot. I get criticisms of it, and I do believe it's, like, you know definitely a first piece of a long you know way to go in terms of filmmaking and stuff but I thought it was really great and something that um is very relatable so yeah that's my thoughts all right um I'm gonna get into some more orchestral music so sit back relax and uh we'll go back to 1961 this is Stars in the Sand by Les Baxter. Enjoy.
Alright, that was Jewels of the Sea by Les Baxter. Um, so that is exotica music, which I just learned recently. Um, I thought it was interesting, so I typed that into Google, and I'm going to share with you a little <laughs> funny um, article I was reading about it. Actually, kind of sad, but um, this is from the AV Club. I'll leave the link down below. Exotica, more or less, is a concoction of cultural influences that flow together uninterrupted until some clever folks in advertising decided to put them together. Light, jazz-influenced party music played in cocktail lounges, a post-World War II thirst for the exotic and foreign, propagated by returning servicemen, the emerging of tiki culture combined with growth and boom in Southern California, Mainland fascination with Hawaii. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, rise of surfer style. Sorry, I'm skipping around here. Um, and in what was one of the first post-war hipster trends, a demographic of cool middle-class men and women in search of something exotic to spice up their parties and nightclubs. It all gelled into the movement coined in the 50s by a record company executive that brought its own exciting sound and outlook to middle America at the time when even squares were looking for something new. <laughs> I thought that was funny. So yeah, basically Exotica Music was created by probably people at like Capitol Records to commodify these, you know, Hollywood movies that they are producing. But I do love the sounds. They're very like full-bodied and everything. Um, and I just thought that article was funny, so I'll leave it down below. It's actually very interesting. And then Les Baxter was an American composer who did a lot of um, composing for films, mainly during, I'd say, like the 50s and early 60s. Um, so yeah, I thought that was cool. Um, let's go back to Tumblr and answer a question. Transatlanticism said, seen any good films as of late? Um, I have rewatched a couple good ones. I rewatched um, Children of the Corn, which actually is a terrible movie. It has like not even one star on Rotten Tomatoes or something like that. Um, but I do like it. It's about it's based off a Stephen King novel where it's ki- these kids in a small um, Nebraska town basically kill all the adults. Um, because they're ordered to by this like corn god and you don't know if it's like you know god or a devil and and then this um college educated couple comes into town and they're like oh wait this is wrong and then of course they get entangled in the plan and they try to like execute them and stuff so it's a good (laughs) film especially for the fall um and then i've been watching bully again by larry clark which i love that film so much um what else i got a lot of vhs's from my guy he went to um cheapo which is going out of business in minneapolis and i oh this is a good one i watched american history x for the first time which is about um this basically neo-nazi dude who gets sent to prison for um killing a black man and he comes out of it and 
I don't know. There's some issues with it towards the end, which I don't quite agree with. Um, it has Edward Norton and Eddie Furlong in it. Um, but it's really heavy and really interesting. Um, an interesting look into a culture of people who, um, you know, they aren't, they are ignorant, but they use like education and, you know, like what all neo-Nazis do, especially in America right now, is they use, you know, literature as a means to, you know, oppress and terrorize other people. Um, and they call themselves like intellectuals and stuff. And clearly it's like barbaric almost. So, yeah. And then I also watched Detroit Rock City, which is kind of like a dude film, but I love Eddie Furlong and he's in it. And it's basically about these teenagers who go to a KISS concert. Um, mayhem ensues. <laughs> All right, I'm going to play one more kind of orchestral song before we move back into the contemporary music. Um, pardon my French, but this is Raymond Lefebvre. <laughs> This is uh, four semesters of French at a state university here. Sous le haut de Paris. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I just randomly found this song on YouTube and it's beautiful. So I'm just going to let it play. Enjoy it.
Alright, that was Clément Lefebvre's... <laughs> Sorry, I'm just embarrassing myself. Um, Sous Léot de Paris. Yeah. Raymond, he did... <laughs> Raymond did a lot of um, post-war films. He's a French composer. A lot of, like, the troops go to blank. Um, kind of like, you know, Zotica type of films films but he did a lot of music for that so I thought that's a little fun fact um yeah I also I forgot to mention at the beginning of the podcast but um White Poppy the first song that really reminded me of um the Cocteau Twins which I don't know if that's like inappropriate to like comment or you know say that for musicians I don't really know that scene um but it reminded me more of Mysterious Skin by Gregoraki, because the Cocteau Twins are some of the members of it, at least. They composed some of Gregoraki's soundtracks, like White Bird and a Blizzard, they did that. Um, but, yeah, I just thought that melancholy tone was really apparent. And I love Mysterious Skin, it's one of my favorite films ever. Um, but, yeah, those are the, the 60s orchestral tunes. I thought it was a nice um, slow jam <laughs> uh, not much of a jam but it kind of just reminds me of my grandma and grandpa and their apartment that they live in because I don't know if any of you guys have grandparents that live in those like weird um like suburb like golf neighborhoods like in closed communities but yeah I just remember going there as a kid and they had really cool um first of all they were like apartments so you'd go in and there's probably like four people or four families four couples living in a a building and everything was like paneled with wood and it kind of had this distinct smell um that was like perfumey I guess and they had really cool like shallow 70s carpeted steps that went upstairs and my brothers and sisters and I would like hang on them and try to like climb them and get yelled at by our parents but their little apartment was just like covered in carpeting like even the bathroom area and my grandma had like a pink like vanity I believe like it's hard for me to remember but it's just like very luxe and like gold and pink and cashmere stuff and that really just I don't know the music reminds me of that so I thought that was a good nostalgic thing to throw in um let's see I'm going to jump into my next tune actually right now because it's a bit longer and I don't want to keep y'all here too long. Um, But this is one of my favorites. It's called Requiem for All the Lonely Teenagers with Passed Out Moms. Um, It's by Atlas Sound. So yeah, it's a nice little story. So perk your ears up and take a listen.
Requiem for All the Lonely Teenagers with Past Moms by Atlas Sound. That's such a good song. There's like nothing I'd ever change about it. So sad. In fact, that song kind of like reminds me of Palo Alto a lot. You know, like that universal unspoken language that happens when you're a teen. You just kind of like have those... I guess, you know, it's not just when you're a teen. You have them when you're adults, but you learn how to suppress them more. <laughs> um, anyways, I'm going to answer 
I think one more question from Tumblr and then leave you with one last song that's a tiny bit more upbeat but still dreamy um anonymous said i'm awfully shy and i was wondering what you'd say about learning to have confidence and being yourself when you get so nervous about speaking i'm sick of being so meek um i think it comes with age sometimes like confidence comes with age arrogance comes with age too though um i don't know when i was younger like in high school i was very very shy at least my sophomore year because freshman year I had like no idea I was like la da la and just walking around and then sophomore year I became very very self-conscious and I was suddenly aware of like all the hierarchies and stuff and it wasn't until senior year like late junior year that I kind of became myself and I kind of I don't know I think being a listener is good because people who talk the loudest are usually the dumbest or you know like I said the most arrogant um so it's not bad to be quiet but if you ever want to say something you should feel like you should say it you know or could say it and I guess there's a couple things like with anxiety I always just think like what's the worst that could happen and then also like what's my escape route (laughs) like if this all goes down terribly like I can just leave right so that's like one thing that you can think about is you know Am I trapped here? No, yes. And, um, you know, what's the worst that could happen? So, usually after going through those two things, I can get through it. Um, Also, you know, finding yourself with feminism or within literature that you like or music or movies, I think is a really great way, you know, and just like kind of being content. Also, also, like, being aware of your body, that was a huge thing for me. It was, like, learning that I could take up space and, like, I could be somewhere and not have to, like, hide. And I don't know. Actually, fun fact, when I was younger, I had, a, like, a slight stutter, like, in high school. I just would get so nervous that I'd jump over my words and <laughs> I don't know. I got past it, though. I think, like, learning to... um like accept your quietness and your ability to like think things through is really great and really valuable so I don't know I just do some self self-care self-tuning you know enjoy some things and you'll grow into yourself eventually so don't worry about it okay one last tune for the road I thought I'd play some smashing pumpkins (laughs) Um, fun fact, my original high school yearbook quote for my senior year was going to be a quote from 1975 of the Smashing Pumpkins, but then my friend, um, convinced me that, that the song that I wanted to quote, which was 1975, was when they all sold out. (laughs) And so I was like, oh, (laughs) and then I did an Eddie Vedder lyric. Um, this is called Cupid de Locke. Uh, from the Melancholy and Infinite Sadness album, 1995. Um, fun little fact, Cupid de Locke is a reference to, I'm reading this by the way, um, Matthew Locke, an English Baroque composer during the 17th century who wrote the score to the <coughs> mask entitled 
Cupid and Death, which is a story about Cupid and Death getting their arrows mixed up, thus causing great distress and humor to ensue. So that's cool. Everything tied together, didn't it? Um, But yeah, thanks for listening as always, and I hope you enjoy this last tune. Uh, Stay in touch. We'll be doing another podcast shortly. Have a good one. Bye. Dust to dust. <laughs>